Welcome to another edition of Robin's Ramblings. I am Robin Brady, and today I've got Stacy Dangle with me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. Stacy is a veteran of Chatham <laughs> Kent's Community Theatre. She was recently profiled by the Cultural Centre with a series on theater people in our community yeah. and and the movers and shakers and she is most definitely one of those and she has also been a very vocal advocate for getting kids involved in the arts performing arts arts in general at a very young age and that's what sort of spurned me to get her on the show because having kids myself and having been a kid who was involved in the arts I completely see the benefit but I also know that for a lot of people it seems like a luxury that it's sort of one of those extras that you don't necessarily need it's more of a you know if you have the time maybe you can take some music lessons or whatever mm -hmm. and so I want to talk about the importance of getting our kids active and involved and engaged and you started in your performing life super young yes tell me a little about your background yeah so I have been involved in I think music was the first thing I got involved in um, I was really active in my church when I was a young kid and I started in choir uh, when I was in grade two and I stayed with that for almost 12 years uh, and then I started in 1996 I took my first uh, drama camp which was Theatre Kent Wings it, oh, it's nice. no longer around but right. when I was a kid it was definitely a top priority you could choose soccer baseball anything like that and I definitely chose to go the drama camp route awesome. um, and that really opened up my eyes to basically the different possibilities you could do learning uh, theater and the arts at a really young age. So I continued on through high school involved in musical theater uh, and then I went on to do my education at Windsor for drama in education because I didn't necessarily want to perform for my career but I really wanted to learn how to use drama as a tool in education right. and in the community uh, just to make a difference. So once I finished university I just went back to my musical theater roots uh, and then I ended up teaching drama for about six years at Peer Academy in town. Uh, so I taught kids starting at age four all the way up to 18. Oh, that's amazing. And recently I had the chance to sit down with Angel Billigot, who is a drama therapist in town. And I had never heard of drama therapy before. The whole concept of it sort of surprised me that it was a thing, using different pieces of theater and performance as a way to help kids through whatever issues they're working through. But then the more I thought about it after she and I were done talking, and it's really not that surprising to use aspects of theater as, or performing arts or music as a therapy, because they are therapy just in and of themselves. I mean, how many of us sing to make ourselves feel better or listen to yeah. music or like I, I only started doing community theater five years ago and it has helped me to find myself and, you know, be grow more as a person. And I think that, there are so many people who don't understand the basic concept of art as therapy and, and using it to, to help themselves through difficult times or to, to get to know themselves better. And you have worked with Angel. Absolutely, yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of Angel. I was very excited when I saw her come uh, back to Chatham. And we do it. We have very similar backgrounds in terms of our passion for drama and what it can do mm -hmm. to, to move people and, and to help you know a community and individual grow. Uh, so we've connected, she, she'll come in and present for our workshops, the Youth Job Connection Program, uh, and I work with uh, youth that are facing barriers to employment. Uh, so <laughs> as much as I can bring in my creativity uh, and arts awareness and theatre, 
uh, into that job, I do, uh, which is why I love having Angel in there. So she's able to help some of our struggling young people in terms of stress management, uh, self-esteem, self-awareness, uh, and community involvement. So uh, it's very nice to have her around to help us do that for sure. Absolutely. So for the younger kids, when you're first getting your kids involved in arts, what does that give them? Oh, it gives them invaluable tools for the rest of their life. I know that sounds like a really sweeping cliche right. thing to say, uh, but it really does in terms of, of self-awareness and self-confidence, what I've seen it do for um, young kids, some of which come in that are ready to take the stage and jump right into it or pick up a paintbrush and not fear of making a mistake or anything right. like that, uh, to that younger person who is really hesitant and doesn't really have that self-awareness and that self-esteem and, and confidence. Um, it just moves mountains for them. All of a sudden, it kind of shows them that there is no wrong way to create. And so it's it's a realm in which they can kind of experiment and play and, and make mistakes without them being labeled as mistakes. Right. Absolutely. Because I think that we put a lot of, of focus on the arts as an outlet for creativity. But yeah, there's so much more. There's so much depth that can be can be got from that. When I was in high school, I'm I'm going to assume that it was the same when you were in high school because we're not that far apart. Right. <laughs> but there was always a very distinct divide between the sporty kids and the arty kids. And sort of this idea that you had to be one or the other. Right. How do you how do you bridge the kids who are the more athletic kids to getting into creative outlets without them thinking that it's like a fluffy thing to do? You know, I think the best thing I was one of those kids, actually, because when I was younger, I was very athletic. I was involved in a lot of competitive sports, but I also had the music and drama side of me. So when I got to high school, I was in that same boat. I had to streamline to one or the other because there just wasn't enough days of the week to do both. Right. So I chose to go with choir and drama club, basically, and then got involved in the musicals. Uh, I think there's a really great way to do it because in terms of the arts... You can do the arts for free. Of course, you know, if you really want to develop your skills, you take classes, you meet teachers, and you work through it that way. However, any art can be made at home, and it doesn't cost money. So right. the more I think families can be supportive of, you know, that competitive uh, basketball player, football player, golfer, whatever that may be, as, as much as they can expose their child or encourage the other sides to develop as well, uh, that's going to help. So there isn't enough days in the week for, for each child to do everything, and you don't want to overextend oh, your kids. Oh, absolutely, there's, yeah. There's this fine balance and teeter-totter of, of exposing them to all the experiences and giving them all the opportunities, whereas not to overload them and put too much pressure on them. And I think the arts are a way to really alleviate that pressure, especially if you have a child that's really athletic. Um, maybe that's something you'd start doing on the side at home a little bit more to get their creative side involved as well. Yeah. You have a daughter. I do. Another on the way. Absolutely. How yeah. are you getting your girl and soon to be girls involved in, in arts? So in any way, you know what? COVID has, has been a challenge, <laughs> right? but it's also presented some silver linings because I've had time with my daughter to do things that, you know, I might be too exhausted by the end of the workday to do. So in terms of getting the paints out more, doing some crafting, baking in the kitchen, um, and getting involved in her play. The, the most fun I have is now, she's almost three, she'll be three next month, watching her play because that is where all of the arts is rooted is in play so absolutely i will see her you know i'll watch her from her monitor in her bed and she'll be enacting things with her stuffies and she'll be singing 10 songs before she actually falls asleep yeah. so 
the more I can bring music into our home. We sing together every day. Uh, we make up songs together, so it kind of gets her creativity going. We do lots of painting, and we play. And when she's playing, I try to step back. <laughs> I can be a very type A personality sometimes, <laughs> which is kind of ironic for the passions that I have. Um, but I like to take a step back and just let her guide the play, and there are no mistakes, you know. Um, and I think sometimes that's where we as parents can get in the way is by trying to control those creative situations mm -hmm. too much. Right. So, yeah, I get her involved in any way that I can at home, and she will be taking her first dance class in September. Oh, so I'm excited. She is so excited for that. So, And everybody tells me, you know, I come from a very creative family, uh, and then I've married into a golf family, as some <laughs> like to say. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, she's going to be such a good golfer, and she's going to be such a good singer, and she's going to do all of these things. And I just say, you know, I'm going to give her every opportunity to try everything she can and let her decide you know what it is that she wants to follow through with right absolutely and with the play my daughter is very much the same as yours they are artistic creative souls and I love just sitting on the steps where she can't see me yes and not being involved at all and just sort of sitting back and listening to her because she comes up with the craziest stories mm -hmm. and we'll play like she'll have like a toothpick and a rubber band and she can talk for half an hour yeah. about whatever adventures they're gonna get in and my husband said to her the other day he's like you had better win us like a bazillion Emmys and Oscars <laughs> because the like creative scope of her mind is amazing but there's also I love the idea of not interfering yeah but then there's also trying to find ways to sort of like guide that absolutely as, and make it parent. meaningful and, yeah and get them into you know, trying to, I know that arts lessons and classes and stuff can be expensive. And when mm -hmm. you're on a limited budget, um, we're, we're not stretched overly, but we also try to, you know, okay, so you've got one thing that you're doing this week yes. and then stuff that you do for fun. And if you, you know, we have a keyboard, so we're, we can't necessarily afford piano lessons, but you can tinker around and we've got some, some things that you can play with and, and try and get those experiences without having to have right. the added expense. Because it can be a lot when you're adding Absolutely. it all up. It can. And I think that's where you really, as a parent, have to get creative, too. Because um, when you look at something like community theater, mm -hmm. it's free. Yep. It's free to do community theater. Most choirs that you can join, whether it's church or community, are also free. So if that is, you know, an aspect of your life you, you don't have a whole lot of control over, mm -hmm. there are those opportunities. And... And I'm, I'm not saying don't ever take classes because it is very important, especially to learn those hard skills in the arts. You, you absolutely do need to follow through that way. Um, but there are ways to start that exposure early on at no cost to get them excited to find mm -hmm. out, you know, where, where do they want to invest their time and energy. Right. And not, not sticking them to one thing, too, yes. I think is also key. Like we started my daughter in ballet and she did ballet for three or four years yep. and now has moved on to singing and is doing choir. And I think that giving them different opportunities and not, you know, you're going to be a ballerina and right. you are going to stick with that until it kills you because you have to, you have to funnel your energy into one side. I think that there's, there's so much to be said for diversifying. Right. Absolutely. And you need to know, Gage as a parent, when is it still serving them? Mm -hmm. When are they still looking forward to going right. and being excited about the friends they're going to see and the experiences that they're going to have? And sometimes that light starts to fade a little bit so is it a time to you know dabble in something else and mm -hmm. expose them to something else that's i think important to know and you can only know that by watching and having conversations with your kids and 
and like we talked about you know letting them play and not interfering and then there does come a time where if there's meaningful things to be learned so for example if your child's going through a loss if there's been a loss in the family or something like that um, using those creative arts to really help a child process those situations yeah, something yeah. like COVID um, can you get a paintbrush out can you write a story together um, can you just have a conversation that leads to something bigger that will help them dissect and understand their world and you know how it's impacting them a little bit clearer and even once you get beyond the childhood years uh, like I was, I mean, I was involved in, I took piano lessons and flute lessons and all the things, and it was in band and choirs throughout school. But then you get into your adult years mm -hmm. and trying to rediscover those outlets is sometimes a challenge to do, to, to be able to, once you get into your, you know, your own little cone and you're not going to branch out because it's scary and it's hard to meet new people. But there are so many options for grown-ups to be able to Definitely. explore the creative side. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's it's so difficult in your young adult life and, and adult life at that point because we've gotten so far away from play. Mm. You know what I mean? So when you're a kid, it just seems easier to fit into things like that. When you get into adulthood, it's it's work, and that's you know yeah. what your life revolves exactly. around in most cases. And so it's rediscovering how to play again, and is that playing on a piano is that playing in community theater is that playing with a paintbrush and on uh, a paint night or something like that like rediscovering how to play as an adult basically right. and because it's it's hard to do to get in and you know like go to that first audition oh yeah I remember my first audition with theater Kent and I was terrified yeah and the whole day leading up to it and I was like what am I even doing this is a terrible idea but then having to remember how fun it can be and how much joy you can get and you can give yeah. out of out of finding a creative outlet. You, I was looking at your resume on the Cultural Center post that they did about you. You've been in a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've done yeah. a lot of, yeah, <laughs> done a lot of shows. <laughs> what have you, cause, because you're also behind the scenes right. a lot as well. What's your favorite? So, you know, I was behind the scenes quite a bit, I would say late or early in the 2000s it's not going back that far but it really certainly <laughs> so feels that ago. way uh, uh and you know what i when i was working with kids and i was doing shows like high school musical and godspell i was directing those uh and that's just a leadership role that i think i loved um i don't know if it was just watching the kids together or the love that you get back from you know young kids that are mm -hmm. on stage and just really full of life and full of love uh, but i loved doing that that part of it uh, I got away a little bit because I decided to kind of switch gears and start doing a little bit more for myself and getting back on the stage again. In terms of my favorite shows, a lot of times it really, my favorite role is obviously Audrey too, because that was like a <laughs> <Yeah>. banger. Oh <laughs> that my was God. a pretty fun one. That was so fun. But roles where I have, there's a lot of friendships where it's a big cast and, and the energy's there. Those are the ones that are most memorable to me. So Chicago, when I did Chicago. Ugh. I had a few really close girlfriends in it with me, so that ended up being a really fun show. But uh, it'd be really hard. There's aspects of each of them that I'd say are my most memorable, but I don't know that there's one show or one role that, you know, really is the role, I would say. You know, stage managing for Fiddler on the Roof, I would say that probably made me grow the most. Really? That is hard work. Yeah. Stage managing <laughs> is very hard work, trying to to rein in a lot of egos and a lot of different personalities <laughs> and control a million moving parts at once. I would say 
I did it once for a musical, and I don't know that I would do it again. <laughs> Some people are built for that. Um, right. that, was, <laughs> that was definitely one of the biggest learning experiences for me, for sure. And you've done... Um since the time of COVID, you've had to, you've done a show yep. with sort of the new way of doing things yes. and a more virtual experience. How was that? It was very, very strange at first. Um, I've never had a show where I don't go to rehearsals and get to be with all the singers and, and my musical director and things like that. So it was strange. It was, they sent me a song. Um, that's Devin Hansen from Chatham Music Academy who put that all together and they did it for the St. Andrews Saturdays at 7 that they do the concerts all through the year usually uh, and so he sent me a track then I recorded my voice over that track with a headphone in my ear and <laughs> that's about it I sent it back they piece it together so it seemed like something really simple and then when I saw it come together and I saw all the different musicians from you know New York Toronto uh, Chatham all over uh, it was really moving and I didn't think I would get you know those full body chills like I did do when I'm in the theater when mm. you're really a part of the physical experience this was just so different but it wasn't any less than it was still just amazing that all these people from all these different walks of life could come together because we all knew that it was something you know the community needed right that everybody still needed music and and it is really a way to to reach and to share messages and to hear different voices so it was a really awesome experience and uh, there's going to be way more things like that happening for sure in the future until we can get you know hundreds of people back oh into gosh. one room which is pretty far pretty far away right now yeah. uh, you're going to see a lot more virtual concerts i think on things like that and you've seen the broadway like musicals have done it too yeah yeah it's i think hamilton of... yeah hamilton dear evan hansen a lot of those casts have have done some shows like that too and i've watched those and i they've brought me to tears and they've given <laughs> me chills just like when i'm sitting in the theater seat so yeah. it's different but it's not less than it was it was a pretty cool experience yeah one of my favorite artists sarah Sleen, has yep. been doing um concerts from her living room and she's done them. She, I think she's done three or four of them now where she just sets up a camera and she's got uh, a company that does the, the sort of stage managing, I guess, where they're the directing, where they're, you know, handling all the online comments. And the first show that she did, and it was, I think, early April, maybe mid-April. And, we, you know, we were super hardcore into lockdown right. mode at yep. that point. And, you know, little contact with anybody. And I bawled my way through her entire mm -hmm. show. It was like an hour and a bit of her just singing in her living room and me sobbing my face off at the dining room table just because the I don't even know what it was that made it so moving. But, you know, having a connection yeah. to music and to art in a grander form but still very low-key was incredible. And I'm super excited to see what happens next yeah, with performing too. arts because like you said it's going to be a while before we're back in a theater and on a stage and being able to have those those big audiences again so what do we do what happens next I don't know what happens next I, I say you just keep you keep working at what you love and if you want to keep singing keep singing post videos if you want to keep painting I've got you know some really talented uh, artistic friends who have done lots of paintings and drawings online I think the more you can put out there for people to connect with the better and and I know you said it, you had a really emotional reaction to the mm. Sarah Sleen show uh, and that I think is such a beautiful thing about the arts because you know when you go to a theater and you see a show and it's a spectacle and there's costumes and there's staging and there's a set and there's lights and, right. and there's all of these factors into play 
Well, now you're having that same emotional reaction uh, to something that's just stripped down and raw. Yes. So yeah. it's not, you don't always need the spectacle. That is a lot of fun. We love the <laughs> right? spectacle. Who, Who doesn't, doesn't love the spectacle? But you know what? The real message and meaning can be done without all of that. Yeah. Without of the extras. How do we in, because now we're looking at getting the kids back into school in some form or other. How do we make sure that they are still getting what they need in terms of creativity in this new normal that we have? I think you talk to them and you observe how they're, you know, how they're interacting. Are there changes in their personalities? As do they seem, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of parents through all of this and kids have regressed a little bit and they're a little bit more needy. And even mine got that way at points because she wasn't getting that social interaction. Mm -hmm. So mommy became even that much more right? important. You're everything. <laughs> I think you just got to know your kids. You got to talk to your kids. I, I mean, my daughter's not even three yet, but I could still have a conversation about how she's feeling and try to, you know, read into that. And you just got to check in. I think the more you check in and you watch and you invest that time in your kids, uh, find out what they need. You, the same kid who wants to pick up a paintbrush may not want to pick up a guitar. And I've had that when I was teaching before too. I'd have, I had two brothers come in, one who dove into drama, loved every aspect of it, and the other who fought the whole way through. And at one point I had to sit down with, before I talked to his parents, I had to sit down with him and say, is this what you want to do? Mm. You know, and it wasn't. And now this kid is an amazing photographer and guitarist and it was just not his niche. So don't box in your kids, give them all those opportunities. And I mean, the worst thing they could say is I don't want to do this. I don't like this. And right. then you find something else that they do like, or you go from there. If you could have one wish for your daughter and for, for other kids like her who have this, they're just sort of born with this spark mm -hmm. of love of creativity. If you could have one wish for her, for something that she could experience what would it be I think just people I think the arts are the best way to know people and to understand different perspectives and to see different stories and especially those that are lives that are much different from your own mm -hmm. I think perspective is everything so that is what I would hope she would get out of whatever art she wants to do or sport or whatever it is that she get to know people and have an open mind to that if you could have one wish for community theater, mm -hmm. whether it's in Chatham-Kent or beyond, what would you like to see there be in terms of an opportunity for growth now that things have changed? I'd love to see like an amalgamation. We have so many different, especially in Chatham, so many different companies and schools that are doing amazing things. I think it would be really special, especially this through the end of COVID and post-COVID, whatever, that we all come together and do something really big. So you kind of unify our arts community. I think that would be amazing because yeah, be there cool. is there is so much creativity in our community and in communities like ours. Yeah, and having more collaboration. Yes, I think definitely. would be great and less competition. Right, would be amazing. And I think you know what I think they're all working towards the same thing and they all want that too. Right. And it's just a matter of let's get all together and let's make something really big happen for for Chatham Kent and the arts community. That would be because it just benefits the whole community at for the end sure. of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here. I love talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been awesome. <laughs> and I can't wait to see the next thing that you do. Oh, well, thank you. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for listening once again. I appreciate your time and we'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.